take you just as you are and make you just like he is. Joshua 24, would you go there with me? Joshua chapter number 24. Passage in scripture that's quite familiar to most of us. One I've seen posted in homes and businesses and I've seen printed on shirts. The problem is it's hard to find it lived out in life. Joshua 24, verse number 14. Joshua 24, verse number 14. The Bible reads, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let the church say amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to preach what thus saith the Lord. Use the Bible as you have time and time again. Now, God, in these next brief moments that we have, give us not just what we want to hear. Give us what we need to hear. And then give us hearts to live what we learn. This world will never be a better place if the people in it aren't better people. Help us to be better people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. You might not have a Schofield Bible. I do. Chapter 23 has a caption above it that reads, The Last Counsels of Joshua. We could call it his final words, his departing wisdom. The words that Joshua had to say before he died. Someone has said if you really want to know what somebody means and know what they care about, listen to what they say before they die. Death brings with it a gravity, a seriousness. It, it brings with it an introspection, a, a motivation about it. When, 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 when you don't have but a certain number of words, you want to make sure that you use them in an effect. In other words, you don't want to waste your words when you don't have that many to waste. 
So Joshua is going to talk in some of the last moments before he dies. And in the series of verses that you and I just read for a few moments ago, he's going to reiterate a phrase or a word over and over again. And it's clear that if Joshua keeps saying it when he's getting ready to die, he's saying it because before he dies, it's the most important thing on his mind. Look at verse number 14. He said, fear the Lord and serve him. Verse number 14, put away the gods your fathers served on the other side of the flood and serve the Lord. Verse number 15, if it seem evil whom you will serve, choose ye this day whom you will serve. For as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Look at verse number 16, and the people answered, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Look at verse number 18, we will also serve the Lord. Verse number 19, Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God, he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Verse number 21, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Verse number 24, the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God, will we serve and his voice will we obey. Over and over you're going to see, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. Verse number 31, in Israel, serve the Lord all the days of Joshua. I'm just telling you, we're getting to the end of the book. We're listening to a man who's getting to the end of his life. He's a man who served God under Moses and now served God himself and now he's served his time before he steps into eternity and the last words that he wants to say to people is basically this, serve the Lord. And I couldn't help but think as I was on the road this week and God directed me to this chapter i tell you what America needs. i tell you what our homes need. i tell you what our wives need. i tell you what our kids need. i tell you what communities need. Listen, i tell you what black folk need. i tell you what white folk need. i tell you what any color folk need. They need some men around them that will serve the Lord. Listen, we got men that know how to shoot. We got men that know how to fight. We got men that know how to make money. We got men that know how to make you laugh. We got men that know how to eat. We got men that know how to box. We got men that know how to ball. We got men that know how to talk smack. We got men that know how to charm. We got men that know how to gamble. We got men that know how to run the office. We got men that know how to sing. Men that know how to act. Men that know how to build. But in these last days, if America and the world is going to be turned in the right direction, we need some men that serve the Lord. And so for a few moments, I want to look at Joshua's life. I want to show you a man that served the Lord during his life. And he served the Lord in such a way that when he got ready to leave, he could look at people and say, what greater area for me to counsel you on than one I live myself? Listen, fellas, when I leave here, don't quit serving the Lord. Don't serve other gods. Don't serve the gods your father served. Choose ye this day. Serve the Lord. I want to talk to men today. Let me tell you something. If you never make a million dollars, if your name never gets in the paper, if nobody ever knows who you are, if you never get a six-pack or eight pack. Listen to me. I'm talking about muscles, not beer. I'm trying to tell you, you can serve the Lord. Joshua, a man that serves the Lord. Number one, I want you to notice his concerned influence, his 
concerned. And listen, men that serve the Lord have concerned. And watch this now. They're concerned about who their life impacts. Watch this now. Men that serve the Lord want to make their life count, not just for God, but for other people. I want you to know this, Joshua in chapter 23. The Bible says, after a long, after a long time after God had given them rest in Israel, all their enemies about that, Joshua waxed old and stricken in age, and he called for all Israel and for all their elders, for all their heads, all all their judges, their officers, and seven of them, I am old and stricken in age. I'll tell you what concerned influence looks like. It looks like an urgent awareness. Here's what Joshua said. Joshua said, I don't have a lot of time, so with whatever time I have, I'm going to use it to impact people to serve the Lord. Listen to me. You may not be on your deathbed. Nobody may tell you, told you that you're going to live for only three months because I tell you, every single one of us is living on borrowed time. Any one of us could die today. Any one of us could leave the world today. Any one of us could be caught up in the rapture today. I'll tell you what we need in this church. I'll tell you what we need in this world. We need some men who are living with urgency. So many men are living like they have forever, like they're going to live forever, like, like this life is never going to end. Can I tell you something? One day we're going to be out of here. One day the trumpet's going to sound. One day we're going to live in, in glory with God forever. And whatever moments we have, we've got to use them for God, his urgent awareness. Notice his useful assembly. The Bible says he gathered everyone together. Look at chapter 24. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and their heads, their judges, their officers, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Listen to me. Influence not only causes you to have an urgent awareness, but it causes you to have a useful assembly. Watch this now. Here's what a man that served God does. A man that serves God uses his life for influence. He understands he doesn't have long, and he uses every chance he gets to assemble people to get as many people as possible to serve. Listen, if you ever look around, and watch uh, men huddled up together. Most of the time they're talking about sports, they're talking about politics, or they're talking about women. Listen, God give us some men that'll huddle up and talk about serving God. When's the last time you took the folks on your job and said, we got to talk? When's the last time you hit a lunch table and said, hey guys, we got to talk? When's the last time you went to your phone to all those people you text all the time and said, we got to talk? When's the last time you took your social media followers and said, we got to talk? When's the last time you took your children and said, we got to talk? When's the last time you took the guys you bowl with or you ball with or you shoot with and you hang with and said, we've talked about everything but the main thing. It's about time. Somebody uses his influence. In other words, Joshua says, these are people that listen to me. These are people who are under my influence. These are people that I can talk to. These are people that I can impact. And I'm going to use my influence influence to help people serve God. I'm asking you between this Sunday and last Sunday, who did you talk to to encourage those people to serve God? I want you to notice his uncanny articulation. Uncanny is something that's just almost supernatural you can't explain. Here's what happens with men that serve God. Somehow, by serving God, they just know what to say. You know, I found out a lot of men went to school, a lot of men very educated, a lot of men got a high IQ, yet they open their mouth, don't sound like they know what to say. I'll tell you who you want to listen to, somebody who's been serving God. 
Have you ever got around somebody that may not have a great college education, got around somebody who may not have, may, may not have been a lot of places, got around somebody who may not have a lot of money, but somebody who for some length of time has gotten up every day, walked with God, talked with God, and lived for God. Hey, listen to me. That's somebody you want to sit around and listen to. Now, look at Joshua's uncanny articulation. Look at, look at what he does in verse number 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Here's what a man that serves God knows how to talk about. He talks about what he got by divine reception. Here's what Joshua said. This is what God said to me, and what God said to me, I'm going to say to you. I like to get around men who've been hearing from God. I'm talking about a man who's been in the prayer closet, a man who's been in his word, a man who's been around God, a man who ain't just talking, but a man who's talking to people what God said to him. Gentlemen, in these last days, our wives need men that talk with God. Our children need men that walk with God. Our society needs men that walk with God. He's a man with divine reception. Notice the detailed rehearsal that Joshua gives. In these verses, I won't talk about all of them in length, but he says in verse number two, your fathers dwell on the other side. He goes back to Abraham. He talks about how they served other gods, and he talks about God said, I took Abraham from the other side. Verse number four, I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Uh, look at verse number four. I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Verse five, I sent Moses and Aaron and plagued Egypt. Verse number six, I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Verse number seven, when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, covered them, and your eyes have seen what I've done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness. Verse eight, I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwell on the other side of Jordan. I gave them your hand that ye might possess their land, and destroy, I destroyed them from you. Verse nine, Balak and Zippor and Moab arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. Verse 10, I would not hearken unto Balaam. Verse number 11, ye went after Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Perizzites, Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gergesites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Watch this now. God said, I delivered them into your hand. Verse 12, I sent the hornet. Verse 13, I've given you a land for which ye did not labor. Verse number 13, ye didn't build it, you didn't dwell in it, of the vineyards of the olive yards, which ye didn't plant. Uh, you, you got what you didn't work for. Here's what God is saying. God said, I did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Here's what a man that served God does. He gets around people and says, instead of talking about what's wrong with government let's talk about what's good with God men that serve the Lord know what to rehearse listen to me Crossroads Baptist Church if you've been saved for any length of time I don't need to know your story I know God let me tell you something. He did for you what you couldn't do with yourself. Somebody this day, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like leaving church, when you feel like leaving God, when you feel like leaving your family, when you feel like doing right, doing wrong and not doing right, when everything in your life pushes you to walk away from everything that's right, instead of looking for somebody to talk you off the ledge, instead of looking for somebody to beg you to come back, instead of looking for somebody to give you a, a handshake with some money in it, why don't you look in the rearview mirror and look for all the times God provided, God protected, God blessed, God delivered. Some ought to give God praise this morning for all the times he came through. Some of you remember the day that you were lost and undone without God or his son and God reached into your family, saved your soul, made you whole. Some of you men are sitting here this morning, 20 years ago, you wouldn't be in any church, much less Crossroads Baptist Church, but God. Detailed rehearsal. Direct reminders. I tell you what men that serve God do. They keep 
reminding people how good God's been. Here's his direct reminder. Look at verse number 14. He goes from what I call concerned influence to compelling insistence. Now, here's what Joshua said. I told you everything God did. Verse number 14. Now, therefore. Watch this now. He said he's been too good not to serve him. No, 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 no. More you need to say amen to that. I said he's been too good not to serve him. Now, here's what you, listen, listen. Sometimes people don't want to hear reminders. Now, now, how many of you around somebody who keep reminding you more than is necessary of what they've done for you, all right? Sometimes they can be annoying. Now, how many of you on the other side of it say, if you don't remind them, they seem like they forgot? Sometimes you got to put them reminders because people come up to you and act like they don't remember. They, they treat you like they don't remember when you were there for them. And listen to me. Sometimes God had to tell Israel, how y'all think y'all got up out of Egypt? How you think you crossed the Red Sea? How you think you got water from the rock? You think you bought manna from Harris Teeter? Manna came down from heaven. You think that that water came out the rock just because you told it? To? You think your shoes never wore out because they were name brand? You think them walls of Jericho fell down because you got power in your voice? You think that what God did with Gideon, you think how God didn't let Balaam curse you. You think you just got, you think you all that in a bag of chips. Let me tell you, Israel, you'd be lost and a no-name word. And listen to me, somebody today ought to tell the brains of your brains, you ain't here because you're smart. You ain't here because you're good. You ain't here because you're, you're nice. You're not here because you're handsome. You ain't here because you're a good, you ain't here because you put money aside. You ain't here because you got a good family. You're here because of God. Your giants fell because of God. Your money's been paid because of God. Your bills have been kept because of God. Your sickness has been healed because of God. Your cancer is gone because of God. Your marriage is sustained because of God. You've had kids because of God. The doctor said you couldn't have them. You tried and had several miscarriages, but God opened up your womb. God's the one that led that woman to, to, to not think about what you look like and say, I do anyway. We sit around here all the time. We talk about how bad life has been and how crazy this world is. Let me tell you something. The world is crazy and life can be bad. But if you go down memory lane and look at the goodness of God, you'll find out he gave you manna when you couldn't find it. He let your shoes last when they should have worn out. He kept your marriage together when she should have left you. He healed you when you, when you shouldn't have been healed. He, he blessed that food when you know it's bad for you. You ought to thank God today that God's been good. He put you in a good church. He put you around good people. He gave you kids that love God. He gave you the Holy Ghost. He gave you the Bible. He put you in a country where it's free to go to church. Somebody ought to wake up this morning. God's been good to us. Now, therefore, there's a current exhortation. Now, therefore. Wow. There's a, not only a current expectation, there's a clear explanation. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Here's what compelling insistence. I'm talking about men that aren't afraid to push people the right direction. 
I get tired of people. I don't really, you know, I don't really want to ruffle nobody's feathers. I'm, I, you know, people have a right where they want to come down. I don't really want to throw church in their face. You throw everything else. You throw politics in their face. You throw your team in your, their face. You throw every other opinion you have in your face, and, and that's an opinion, but you can't throw facts in nobody's face. Truth of the matter is you don't have no courage. I was in Durham this week, and I knew I was going to be headed down there. I said, I'm going to be there on a Wednesday. I go to the barbershop on a Wednesday. So I'm looking at all these barbershops and looking at them. All of them say they're good. I'm looking at the reviews and this, that, and the other. So I finally found one, wasn't too far from my hotel, and, 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 and he had an appointment around the time I needed, about 1 o'clock. So I booked an appointment on Tuesday, left on Wednesday morning, drove down there, got to where I was going, and got to walk in. And, and I walked into the, to the barbershop, and guys were sitting there. One barber was sitting in his chair, wasn't cutting. Two other barbers were cutting. He was cutting a guy's hair, and the guy was talking about all the problems he's having with his wife. And he said, you old heads, y'all too soft. Y'all let y'all woman run y'all all the time. I don't know a woman running me. And then he talked about how many times he sleep on the couch. <laughs> so I was just listening, just listening. He going on and on. I'm just sitting there listening, listening, listening. And then the barber said, uh, are, are you candy? Because he saw the appointment on the calendar. I said, yes. And he called me over to the chair. So I sat down. The guy's still talking next to me. Told me man, I mean, he beep, beep. He just beep, 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 beep. And so I'm sitting there, and the guy told me, man, I tell you, this young guy over here, the guy's about 30 years old, you know. And he told me, man, I ain't going to let no woman run me sometime. I just need a break and this, that, the other. And so the guy cut my hair. said, so what do you do for a living? I said, I said I'm a pastor. He said, he said, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, pastor, I'm sorry. And he told the guy, man, man, it's a pastor right here. We spent the next 20 minutes, and God let me give him marital counsel. And then, he, and then I start telling him what the Bible said. Dwell with your wives according to knowledge. I said, young man, you got, you, you got to go to school. So you're getting married, you got to go to school. He said, well, I tell you something about her. I mean, she's just this, that, and the other. I said, sound like she's a woman. I married one too. He said, he said, I said, it's not like you want her to be, you want her to act like you, don't you? Yeah, I do. I said, then why don't you marry a man then? He said, oh, you know what? You got a point, Pastor. You know, you know what he said? Could, you, could I get your card? Do you do Zoom counseling? I promise you, he had me put my number down in his phone. He said, I'm going to call you. And I left the barbershop and the barber said, leave me your business card too. He said, my wife's from Washington, D.C. When I come up there, I want to visit your church. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, you're so worried about offending somebody. You speak up, you're going to help somebody. You're going to help somebody. We don't nobody want to hear about God. They, they want to hear about God. They just can't find anybody that's not too scared to say it. There's a current exhortation. There's a clear explanation. There's a Christian expectation. Serve the Lord. Put away other gods. And serve the Lord. Listen. This is the expectation of every single believer. I'm just, I'm a pretty pragmatic person. Don't tell me why you can't do it. Just do what you're supposed to do. 
And we're living in the day of excuses. I can't come to church because it is. I can't do right because it is. I can't do right because my daddy. I can't do right because my mama. I can't do. The people who didn't have a dad can't do right because they didn't have a dad. The people who do have a dad don't want to do, do right because the dad made them do right. I mean, what the, you know. My daddy made me go to church. I don't want to go to church. My daddy wasn't in my life. He didn't make me go to church. I don't want to go to church. At the end of the day, you ain't going because you ain't going. But what about God? What did God do to you? Hadn't God been good to you? Somebody ought to pause right now and say, he's been good to me. <laughs> Lastly, and I'm finished. I need to take about five weeks on this, but I only got about five more minutes. Concerned influence. A man that serves the Lord uses his life to impact people. Number two, compelling insistence. You don't have to feel bad about telling people they need to serve the Lord when you know how good God's been to them. Don't bite your tongue about Now listen, if you want to want to bring up a candidate because you feel like, you know, I don't want some, everybody had the right to stand where they want to stand politically. That's fine. But you ain't looking at nobody who can say God hadn't been good to me. Now here's the last one. Committed intentions. Here's what men that serve God do. They have committed intentions. Three thoughts and I'm done. Number one, perspective consideration. Here it is. Verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Here's what a man that serves God understands. Not everybody going to do it. Listen, Joshua just gave a clear presentation on why everybody he was looking at should serve the Lord. And after he gave a convincing explanation on why everybody should serve the Lord, he looked at them and said, but if you don't want to do it, and look, I'm going to tell you what some men that serve the Lord are going to have to realize. You're going to be related to some people, some of your cousins, some of your siblings, maybe your mama, your daddy, your boys that you hung up. You're going to have to get it in your brain. Some of them, as good as God has been, are not going to serve. And you're going to have to accept that while you serve God, some people you love will not serve God. You're going to have a perspective consideration. But you're also going to have to have some personal conviction. Seem evil to you. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye now dwell. But as for me, come on now, say it with me. But as for me, come on, say it again. But I, here's, what he's, here's what real men that serve God have to understand. You're going to do what you do. But as for me, you're going to go where you go. But as for me, you're going to talk how you talk. But as for me, you're going to act how you act. But as for me, you're going to miss what you miss. But as for me, you're going to lust how you lust. But as for me, you're going to laugh when you laugh. But as for me, you're going to steal when you steal. I went to 7-Eleven. <laughs> Same trip. Different day. Don't ask me what it was. It's all a blur. But I, I, I drink 7-Eleven coffee. I like 7-Eleven coffee. It's, it's, it's cheap. It's better than McDonald's. They got varieties, what you have. They have non-dairy creamer, equal, splendor, sweet and low, stevia, sugar, 
go hard, black. If that's what you are, man, you just, just go ahead, drink your black coffee. I need a little something in it. So I go to 7-Eleven. I intentionally stop. I look for an exit at 7-Eleven is different. Because I know they have my non-dairy creamer. They got a red cup. It says non-dairy creamer. So I walked in 7-Eleven, saw my Colombian coffee, saw my Splendor. I ain't seen no non-dairy cream. I thought, this is why I stopped. So I thought, I wonder if they sell non-dairy cream. So I walked away from the coffee into one of the aisles and saw coffee made non-dairy cream. I said, I'm going to buy it. So I went to the counter and said, sir, you don't have non-dairy cream. You always, y'all carry non-dairy cream. She said, no, we don't care. I said, well, I'd like to buy it. He said, we sell this? Yes, sir. The manager looked at him. He looked at the manager, and then he looked at me. He said, you know what? Most people come in here. They see something they need. They just take it and walk out. He said, I like your honesty. Don't worry about paying for it. Go ahead and put the cream in your car. You know what that tells me? We living in a day and age where men just steal when they want some. Just walk in the store. Look, look, look. I seen people walk up to a hot bar in the store just eating. I just eating food out the hot bar. You're supposed to pay for it. I said, you're supposed to pay for it. So you're quiet because you done did it. They shouldn't have put it here if they didn't want me to have it. If you ask for water, a water cup, you should put water in it. Don't get quiet on me. They gave me the cup, the Sprite right there. No, no, no. Come on. We're li- listen, we're living in a day and age where the moral level has gotten so low. People just walk in stores and they just take stuff. They just lie. They just cheat. They just cuss. What in the world are you in here saved? You have business cussing. Come on, excuse my French. That ain't French. That's foolishness. But that's how men do. Just talk dirty. I just talk dirty because that's what meant. Somebody got to come up here in June of 2023 and say, you may talk dirty. You may steal. You may cuss. You may tell them old filthy jokes. You may go around and look at women that ain't your wife. But as for me. And my house. Now, sister. You prayed. That God would give you a man that serves God. And he answered. Now you won't let him lead you. I heard some women say, I pray for a man to serve God, but dog, I ain't wanting to serve God that much. Do <laughs> you complain when you were running faster than he was? Now he done passed you and you don't want to keep up. I'm saying let him lead. Let him leave. Go, you, you, you got a man gets up in the morning and read the Bible, you better thank God for it. You got a man that comes down and tell the kids, we're going to do this in this house. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. You better be glad you ain't doing it. Let him lead. Let him lead. Let God talk to him. God talks to leaders in ways he does not talk to the followers. 
God going to tell you your husband something, sometimes he don't tell you. You get in line and follow him while he follows God. And if he's not right, you let God fix him. But don't you be a hindrance while he's trying to serve God and trying to take y'all with him. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't, don't act like y'all understand what I'm saying. We'll make this a series. We call it, let him lead. Leave that man alone. Follow your man. Get in line. Help a brother out. You think you could do better? I got all kinds of titles. Try finding a different one. Won't he do it? <laughs> Come on now, y'all had y'all day in May. We brag all about how we got to take care of them. The women call, the children rise up, call up blessed. She shall be blessed. Listen to me, some of you need to quit being cantankerous. And let your husband lead. Don't, and don't, go, don't go down there to the news station and start marching for me too and talking about I'm chauvinist. This is in the Bible. Amen. We're not talking about treating you inferior. We're not talking about cracking the whip. We're not talking about preaching sermons. We're talking about leadership. Somebody's got to call the shots. Somebody's got to fight the devil. Somebody's got to be a strong man. So when the devil tries to come in the house and says, honey, kids, y'all stay in the bedroom. Let me fight the devil. Somebody's got to say, you ain't watching it. You ain't wearing it, girl. Because I'm a man and you ain't going to go out there and show it for other men that think like me. And you need to let him lead. Or the pastor is going to preach on it some more. You go out there and try to find you a man that served God out there in that climate today. Good gracious alive. Nowadays, you got these women riding around. They driving. The man sit back, lean back in the car. Pants halfway down his waist. Legs halfway down his legs. Then, 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 then he drop her off at work. He take the car. She catch the Metro home. And it ain't even his car. Credit so busted he can't even afford a car. She down there catching the Metro while he drive her car around, sit at home and play video games while she go and pay the bills. And you mad because your husband reading his Bible every day. You better let him leave before you get one of them guys drop you off. Y'all these women nowadays, I don't want nobody opening the door for me. I don't want no man taking care of me. I don't, I don't need no man. Then you're up, up there out in the grocery store because you don't have them asking somebody that you don't even know, can you get that up there for me? Yeah, you wish you had one. Don't you let this worldly philosophy get you to talk your way out of ever getting one because you're so independent. Ain't nothing wrong with being dependent as long as it's on the right man that follows Christ. Amen. I love it when my wife come up to me and say, I can't open this mayonnaise jar. That's what I'm here for. Bring it on over here. Matter of fact, squeeze it on tight again. Let me open it again. Let me go, go, go. 
Go in the refrigerator and find me every bottle you can't open and let me bring it on over here. You got hot sauce, tartar sauce, mayonnaise, ketchup, uh, sparkling side out. Pop that open too. I didn't go to Gold's Gym and find, find a woman that was benching 400 pounds and say, will you marry me? I was looking for a little delicate woman. I broke my nail. Come on over here, baby. I may not be able to fix it, but I can pay for you to go on up there. To... I raised me a daughter that do nails for a living. Now we don't even have to pay, honey. You broke your nail, don't go to the nail shop. Just go downstairs. <laughs> Chloe got you. And I know men whose service for God was derailed by a woman that wouldn't follow. Men that couldn't pastor. You, I, I don't want to, you telling me what to do. God help us. Joshua said, as for me and my house, I don't see him going, as for me and, hold on a second, let me go ask Miss Joshua whether she want to come to church. No, no. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You say, where's Miss Joshua? In line with her husband. Because he's following Christ and she's following him. And let Joshua Sita, Josh Jr., uh-huh, Jashika, all of them. Long as you live here, you're going too. That's what, that's what men that serve God do. They don't leave for church on Sunday morning. They tell everybody else, get in the car, then we leave. Ask for me and my house. Perspective consideration, personal conviction, proper consecration. We're not just going to serve anybody. We will serve the Lord. May God help us in these last days to have some men, real men, that serve the Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. How many say I'm saved? And I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. Would you raise your hand? I'm saved going to heaven. Very quickly. God bless you. Put your hands down. Can I talk to the men and the boys? Kind of man you want to be? There's nothing weird about opening the door. Standing up when you greet a woman. Speaking in a way that's becoming of respect and dignity. That's not weird. That's right. But you're going to have some guts if you're going to be a man that serves God. You, you, you're going to have to stand up and say, this is what we're doing. And don't be afraid of losing your friends by saying it. Talk to the men. How many say, Pastor, God spoke to me today. God spoke to me as a man. Put your hand up all over the building. Got some young men with their hands up. Hold them. God bless you. God bless. We got, got some decisions. Listen, it don't do. Listen, by the way, good luck trying to tell your family to serve the Lord when they're watching you not do it. You're a joke. You need to serve the Lord. You need to, girl, you need to, you need to change. And then you, you don't have no respect because you're a hypocrite. 
Then you want to come tell the pastor she won't follow me. I don't blame her. You serve God first and then you influence others to do the same. Amen? Last question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Would you raise your hand? <clears throat> I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Would you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it, man, woman, boy, or girl? God bless you. Thank you for being honest, young lady. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Anyone else? Why don't you just pray right there in your seat and ask the Lord to help you. May God help you. so much that God expects out of us. But why should he have a problem expecting it considering how good he's been? Father, thank you for your word. We love you and we bless you. Magnify your name. Help us to continue to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name. Let's give God the praise.